More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, poison apples. Are you in a relationship with a toxic person? Not sure how to respond? Let us help you discover graceful ways to cope. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, Poison Apples. We're talking about toxic relationships, relationships that really bring out the worst in you uh, or kind of run you down. Uh, You know, you care about this person, but the relationship doesn't tend to bear terrifically good fruit. Um, and you know you don't want to necessarily leave that person behind, but you don't know how to deal with them in a way that's affirming or helpful or good or healthy. Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. You know, you're right, Greg. You know, you don't want to necessarily leave that person behind, but maybe... That person in your life takes advantage of you or makes everything about them or they don't respect your boundaries or they make unreasonable demands or they make you feel like you can't do anything right. Do they withhold praise as a way of manipulating you into doing something they want? Do they undermine your attempts to make positive changes in your life or consistently bring out the worst in you? If so, that might be a toxic relationship. Let us help you find the next steps toward healing that relationship and yourself. And, you know, when we talk about this uh, topic, um, we often get feedback from people who will say, you know, well, is it really you know, charitable to say that somebody is toxic or a relationship is toxic? And I want to clarify, we're not suggesting that you should label somebody uh, in a way that, 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 that causes you to, like, just discard them or something mm-hmm. you know, we were saying that this person you know is 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 just a, is a bad person that's not the point the, the point is being able to say you know there are things about this relationship with this person or my interactions with this person that just aren't healthy or leading me uh, on a godly path um helping me be the person god wants me to be or or i'm not able to help them be the person god wants them to be and and being able to identify that enables us to respond to it in a healthier and more effective way you know often when we're in a toxic relationship we just feel like i haven't found the right words to say or the right buttons to push or the right ways to twist myself into the right kinds of knots <laughs> to make this thing work and and being able to realize that that's not really the issue 
it's just not a relationship that works well gives us a way to step back and say is there a way for me to re-engage in a healthier or more godlier way or is this a relationship that i need to set some kind of boundaries around or and jesus allows us to do this is this a relationship that that really i need to step back from because it's not good for me or this other person. Yeah, and, and as you said, those boundaries can mean stepping back in whole or part. It could be just setting boundaries verbally. There are lots of ways that we can, because we say, hey, there's something about this relationship that isn't working quite right for me. It's making me feel less of myself when I'm around this person or not my best self when I've spent time with this person. Let, let's think about this for a moment in terms of something that has nothing to do with a person relationship. What if you had a particular job you had to do around the house and it required a cleaner that, you know, a, a, a product that wasn't completely environmentally safe, right? It wasn't, it wasn't perfectly pure. What would you do if you were using it? I mean, the label might even say, use in a well-ventilated area. You know, give yourself some fresh air with this so it doesn't hurt your lungs. Well, just as we have different things we do when we're using different cleaning products, we need to have different ways of responding to different people in our lives based on how our personalities work when we're around each other. There are just some people you need to be in a well-ventilated area with. Well, (laughs) give yourself a little bit more space, a little bit of breathing space, a different way of doing things. You know, we would, you know, in those situations, maybe, you know, we wear gloves, maybe we open the windows, maybe we only do it once or twice a year because if we did it every week, it would be really toxic for us. When we when we talk about that, doesn't it make it easier to say, oh, that makes sense, because we don't feel threatened about our relationships or losing someone or being thought of as bad or in some negative way. Well, let's just realize there are certain things that we can do that are really healthy and productive in relationships so that we're not making each other fall into sin, feel badly about ourselves, deal with all that stuff that drags us down. Let's help you figure out ways to heal today and actually be lifted up, yeah, maybe even in that relationship. 877-573-7825. If you're listening to the More to Life podcast, you can also send us your questions via email. That address is questions at more2liferadio.com. That's with the number two, questions at more2liferadio.com. But tell us, do you have somebody in your life who takes advantage of you, makes everything about them, doesn't respect your boundaries, makes unreasonable demands, or makes you feel like you can't do anything right? If so, you might be in a toxic relationship or dealing with a toxic personality. Let's work it out together. 877-573-7825. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body. And if you're not aware of what that is, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years that looked at how we can discover God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully contemplating God's design and creation. Now, we have to realize that the theology of the body reminds us 
that we're always called to work for the good of others. But working for the good of others means protecting their life and health and affirming their dignity and promoting their growth and well-being. Theology of the body also reminds us that the opposite of loving someone is either using them or treating them like a thing instead of a person. Truly toxic relationships are defined not by the presence of occasional slights or offenses, but by habitual use and depersonalization. Yeah, that's really important. That's that's an important distinction to make because, you know, we all offend each other from time to time. You know, we all do things that are irritating or obnoxious with each other. That doesn't mean that it's a you know, that that person has a toxic personality or we're in a toxic relationship. That just means there's a problem to work through. But when you have that habitual use, that habitual depersonalization, that's where the problems come in. And learning to deal with toxic relationships gracefully means remembering that we have a God-given right to both be loved and a God-given right to defend ourselves when we feel that others are attempting to treat us as something less than children of God. You know, being generous to others doesn't extend to accepting their attempts to use us, undermine our dignity, or undermine our efforts to become the person we believe God is calling us to be. In fact, our obligation to work for the good of others requires us to set boundaries with people who habitually do the kinds of things that make our interactions with them toxic. And that's not just for our benefit. You know, by setting boundaries, or in the worst cases, withdrawing from those toxic relationships, We're inviting the toxic person to repent and to become a healthier, holier person. You know, so being loving involves more than just letting people in or being generous indiscriminately. Or just being nice or just being kind or just pouring out of ourselves when we're not only not getting something back, but being drained by that Well, and it involves being nice, and it involves being kind, and it involves all those things, except but it also involves being healthy and being responsible. And and thoughtful about the whole thing. Exactly, so being prudent. So let's talk about these toxic relationships and, and toxic personalities that we sometimes have to encounter and how to deal with them gracefully. 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father, the the Son, and the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you those those people that we find very difficult to deal with well. Perhaps we care about them deeply, but there's just something about their personalities and ours that just don't go well together, and we don't know how to deal with them gracefully and compassionately and effectively. So, Lord, we give you those people and those relationships, and we ask you for the wisdom that we need and the grace that we need, the compassion, but also the clarity that we need to deal with them in ways that, that help them be their best selves, that enable us to be our best selves, that, that work for the good of the overall relationship. Help us to know what that means and how to respond truly in love so that we can become everything that you created us to be in this life and help each other get to heaven in the next. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name and of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Poison Apples as we talk about 
difficult relationships, especially those relationships that might even be considered toxic because we feel taken advantage of or that person makes everything about them, doesn't respect our boundaries, makes unreasonable demands, or we feel manipulated by those people. You know, if you are struggling in a relationship with somebody that you wonder, maybe they're toxic. <laughs> Let's talk about healthy, godly, grace-filled ways to respond effectively. Now, of course, if you're not, you know, if you're thinking, well, maybe they're not toxic, but they're really getting on my nerves. This is not going well. Can I still ask what's going on and what I should do about it? Absolutely. You don't have to be in a deeply toxic situation. It can just be, you know, you need to open a window or clean something out metaphorically give us a call today if there's a relationship you'd like to tweak so that it's happier healthier and more uplifting 877-573-7825 that's 877-573-7825 we're talking now with will who's listening to ewtn radio in west virginia on roku will welcome to more to life what's going on well, uh, I really appreciate what you guys do. I watch or listen to your program quite a bit. Um, Thank you. Well, it has to do with my adopted son, which we adopted at four years old, and he had problems uh, all you know for years. He ran away when he was thirteen, and uh, was in foster care then till eighteen. And uh, after coming out, he uh, was basically on SSI and, and lived with. Uh, uh, you know, a woman who was also a SSI for many years. But anyway, so, so Will, uh, you told our screener that he's 50 now, right? And, and uh, he, yeah, he's, he's 50 homeless now. at this And he has a bipolar disorder, you, you mentioned? He has a bipolar you? disorder, right, mm-hmm. right. And that's, I think, a big part of his problem because he was on disability, SSI, uh, and, uh, until about the last year or so. But he went down to Florida, uh, a couple years ago with a woman who then uh, a girlfriend like who who abandoned him and then he mm-hmm. was left homeless and basically I I've tried to reach out to him many times but he's uh, I guess he likes Florida I don't know <laughs> what it is but anyway he um, he's basically homeless now he was on SSI for many years yeah. but then even that was too much for him to cope with and uh, he, uh, you know, isn't getting that anymore by not applying. So, Will, how can we help you today? I mean, there's a long history here, and I'm so sorry that right. You well, what would you do this. now? This is a, probably a yeah. mental Ill, illness problem, and uh, yeah. I'm not sure what to do. If there was some way the state could put him in a, a, a pro- rehab program for a year or so, and say, "Well, you're mm-hmm. not getting out until you get." Unless he's a danger to himself or others, um, there, there's not there's no way to compel a person to seek treatment. Unfortunately, the you know the, 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 there there are a lot of laws that really protect you know our free will, uh, and so you know even though if a person you know is, is struggling but they're not a danger to themselves or others, the state's very cautious about stepping in. So there's there's not necessarily anything you could directly do unless his behavior uh, presents an imminent threat. To his own health and safety or the health and safety of others in terms of your relationship with him uh, you know th- the only thing you can really do is continue to invite him to pursue a healthier healthier options to you know to to make available to him 
um, those those you know, well suggestions that would say, look, here's how you could get back on medication, or here's how you could be involved in therapy. Here's how I could support you if you're willing to do those healthy things. Um, but but you can't force somebody, you know, and that's it's really painful to be able to recognize that. But you know, um, e- even you know, God can't force us to do something against our will. Uh, and so this is definitely, as you know, a long-term problem. Um, in, in you know, in terms of when we get calls like this, you know, I always remind people that that being helpful means making sure that you are not just being indiscriminately supportive, but making sure that your support actually points to a helpful thing. So, for instance, um, you know, if if he needed help getting to a doctor, then you know, providing that kind of help, but just you know, giving somebody. Uh, money, if you know that they're going to use that to hurt themselves in some way, you know, wouldn't be loving. But giving them you know, money if if they needed a specific thing to you know meet their rent or uh, you know get into therapy or whatever. Um, so so that's you know the, it sounds like you're doing the right thing, Will, in the sense of you're you're reaching out to him, you're letting him know that you're there for him, you want to help him be healthier if he would like to make those choices. But the problem is, you know, you can't force somebody to make those choices, and even the state can't force him, unless you feel that his behavior is presents an imminent threat to his health and safety or the health and safety of others, in which case, you know, you could get him uh, hospitalized for like a 24 to 48-hour evaluation at an inpatient unit, and they could make determinations from there. I'm very sorry, Will, that I don't have more to offer you on this, um, but we have added you and, our, and your family, your son, to our More to Life prayer list, and if there's more we can do to support you, in dealing with the real grief that comes along with these kinds of problems, don't hesitate to reach out to us here or at catholiccounselors.com. Thanks so much for the call. 877-573-7825. Our show today is titled Poison Apples, and we're talking about toxic relationships and toxic personalities. And again, the point of this isn't to label somebody. It's to say, look, this relationship, I would like it to be able to work, but, but for some reason, every time I get around this person, it tends to either bring out the worst in me, the worst in them, or the worst in us. And I don't know how to deal with that effectively. If there is a relationship that you are thinking about as you're hearing me talk about that, give us a call. Let's talk about healthier, more graceful ways to respond to those people, those situations. 877-573-7825. Again, that number is 877 573 7825. More to Life will continue with your calls coming up right after the break. Stick around. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. I often have people ask me, aren't you scared when you talk about the issues such as abortion or uh, all the different ideologies, especially the gender ideology? I say, I'm scared of what I don't say if I'm not using this platform that God gave me wisely and well. If I'm not sharing information with people, if I'm not sharing the truth of the Catholic faith. I'm going to be held accountable, as is any one of us who has a platform. And we all have a platform. The sizes and the extent are different. But every single person, especially if you have a computer and if you have a Facebook page or a Twitter account, you have a platform. And so we're all responsible to evangelize. And we make be fearful, but we move through that fear with trust. 
that God is with us. He tells us He will give us the words. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. We are the pro-life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry, providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchek. I'm Dr. Greg Popchek, and our show today is titled Poison Apples as we talk about those toxic personalities and toxic relationships. How can we deal with them in a healthy and godly way? 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He's also an expert on the theology of the body, an author and illustrator, and the co-host with Father Gabriel Toretta of the Faith and Arts podcast, Created Things. Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Can't wait to talk about boundaries. So, well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this. So we're, we're discussing toxic relationships. And when you're working with clients in, in your pastoral counseling work, what do you, what kind of things do you suggest to them about dealing with these toxic personalities or toxic relationships? Well, I mean, you know, setting boundaries is, of course, the most important thing. But that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And, and what I mean by it, is specifically the template that I think Christ himself gives us when he describes the narrow gate, right? Uh, we, we can often feel really, really guilty when we set boundaries with a quote-unquote toxic person, whether they're a friend or a family member. Um, and, you know, that can be because we feel like to be a Christian means to be nice, or if we're, you know, more the sort of uh, uh, restrictive Christian, we can say, no, 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 to be a Christian means to do the right thing, even if I'm uncomfortable. And, and neither of those philosophies are, are super conducive with setting healthy boundaries, right? But but authentic Christianity, the one that actually Christ sets down, you know, believes fully in boundaries. And again, it's, it, I think it's really set up in this idea of the narrow gate, where where Jesus says, look, I want everyone to be able to come to me. I want everyone to be able to have access to this full and beautiful relationship with me. But there's a narrow gate that you have to enter in order to be able to access that relationship. And, and he's, of course, referring to this, this visual of a very narrow, thin gate in a wall that you can't carry all your, your baggage and crud through, right? And he's saying, look, I want relationship with you, but you can't climb over the wall. And you can't dig under the wall, and you can't bust through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. You have a you have a one <laughs> little access point to me, to relationship with me. And I think that's a great template for what healthy boundaries look like. Because if I have a weird, toxic parent who's always you know making everything about them, or if I have a friend who you know is bothering me at all hours to talk about some random nonsense that that they just want to stress me out with, or or whatever, or or a boss who doesn't know how to respect you know work hours or whatever it is, right? I'm not shutting them out or canceling them or 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 being mean. Or, or being not sacrificially loving enough 
by saying to that person, hey, I really want to have a relationship with you, but it can only happen on these specific terms. I'm actually doing exactly what Christ does by setting up a narrow gate for that person and saying, by all means, access me through that narrow gate between the hours of 9 and 5, or, you know, <laughs> about these certain topics, but not these other topics, or about these topics, but only in a respectful tone, right? All of those are good examples of narrow gates that we can set up for people to give us healthy relationship. Otherwise, people are just breaking down the walls, and that's not relationship, that's I don't know, piracy? What breaks down walls? Right? <laughs> At least chaos? Yeah, piracy. Yeah, yeah. War? War is what breaks down walls. It's not it's not a narrow gate. It's not peace. That was a re- that's actually a really powerful metaphor and really it's, yeah the visual is awesome to really help us understand it and that can be with anybody it can be those simple things like hey we can talk about anything but my marriage mom I'm not discussing that with you or the way I raise my kids or whatever those things are where or, we have to just we can talk about anything but you you've got to maintain a respectful tone and not swear at me while we're doing it right yeah Which is, it can you know, be I often, I, particular yeah. to our needs. Right, right, exactly. You know, and, and we're going to feel guilty doing that. And we're going to feel like even setting the boundary means we're somehow accusing the person of being toxic. But I, I just don't see it that way at all, because I don't think Jesus is accusing all of us of being toxic. I think, I think narrow gates, boundaries, are the thing we build to stop a relationship from becoming toxic. We do it for healthy mm-hmm. people and for healthy relationships so that they don't become unhealthy. And if a relationship has become unhealthy, that's not a sign that, that the person's evil or that I'm weak or whatever. It's just a sign that we need a narrow gate here that should have maybe always been there. Powerful insights. Jacob, I thank you so much for being with us. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, I invite them to come to catholiccounselors.com and check it out. Thanks again for being with us, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. And we are taking your calls, listeners, about those relationships. You know, what does that narrow gate look like in your life, you know, with that dealing with that particular person? You know, what, what Jacob's really saying here is that, you know, when we are hurt by somebody, we often go right to the place where I'm going to cut them off. I'm just going to cut them out of my life. And, you know, there are some people that we may need to do that with, but for the most part, that's not the case. For the most part, what needs to happen is a small, is a somewhat narrower gate that says, look, I can deal with this person in these contexts or around these subjects or under these conditions, you know, and I'm going to do a better job of building that fence and putting in that gate that, you know, allows them to come through, but in a healthy way, in a godly way. So I don't have to cut them off. I, I, I can say, they, I can make them stay on the other side of the fence, though, unless they're willing to come through the narrow gate and relate to me in a healthy way. What does that actually look like, though? Let's talk about it with you. 877-573-7825. Again, that number, 877-573-7825. We'll be back with more of your calls about those toxic relationships when More to Life continues in a minute. We can't understand what's going on in America if we don't recognize that America has come under the sway of a false god. America is now controlled by a twisted understanding of freedom. It's my right, and I'll do what I want. We were definitely made to exercise freedom, but it's freedom under God. It's freedom to do as we ought, not freedom to do as we wish. We were not created to exercise self-will self-law, self-rule, apart from God our Creator. 
America's emphasis on individual autonomy is an idolatrous distortion, even a replacement of the original American ideal of ordered liberty. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I don't think people should have negative fears of God, but I think you should get a lump in your throat. You should feel excited. Suppose I was going to take you and introduce you to the Pope or to the president of some country or something. You might get a little lump in your throat. Forget it. Every day, you, I, live and move and have our being in the presence of God. These are the class of feelings we should have. And we should have them to an intense degree if we really had the sight of Almighty God. These feelings are the feelings which we shall have if we realize His presence. And in proportion, as we believe that He is present, we shall have them. And not to have them is not to realize, not to believe that God is present to us. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. When children get to about age 10, they're much less naturally inclined to do something because their mom and dad said so. This isn't defiance. It represents the fact that their brains have developed to the point that they need to understand why they're doing something. Not because they want to challenge your authority, but because they have a God-given need to learn how to apply the lessons you're trying to teach them when you aren't there to tell them what to do. Kids raised with punishment-oriented strategies tend not to learn to think for themselves. They're effectively taught to follow the lead of the most commanding presence in the room. That might be okay when we're in the room with them, but when we're not, it sets our kids up to follow other leaders who have anything but their best interests in mind. How can you raise kids who know how to choose to do the right thing even when you're not around to make it happen? Check out Parenting Your Kids with Grace or visit CatholicHOM.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Poison Apples. As we talk about toxic relationships and relationships with people who have a toxic personality. What does that mean? Well, if you've got somebody in your life who tends to take advantage of you, makes everything about them, doesn't respect your boundaries, makes what you feel are unreasonable demands, or makes you feel like you can't do anything right. You know, somebody who maybe withholds praise as a way of manipulating you into doing things they want you to do, or they undermine your attempts to make positive changes in your life or in the relationship, or they just consistently bring out the worst in you. Those are all the signs of a potentially toxic relationship. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to cut that person out of your life, but it does mean that you need to do a better job setting some kind of boundaries that could potentially lead to a healthier relationship and better outcomes. Let us help you figure out what that looks like, especially as a faithful Christian. 877-573-7825. Again, that number, 877 573 7825. Let's talk now with Mary, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Colorado on Ave Maria Radio. Hey, Mary. Welcome to More to Life. What can we do for you? Hi, good morning. I have a friend I've known for 30 years. 
uh, a work acquaintance also. She is not married, no children, not much family or friends. She's a very cynical, um, seems like an angry person. However, she can be nice. I've helped her with a lot of things through the years, hip replacement, going to her house and taking care of her. But wow. she throws out these nasty comments to me once in a while, and I don't know how to respond to her, and I just have a question about it. For instance, this mm-hmm. Christmas, I sent her a little Christmas gift, and she responded through text saying, I would say thank you, but I have no idea what this thing is. It looks like <laughs> it's got straw in it. I am i don't know what to say. I would say a thank you, but I can't because I don't know what it is. Can you help me with trying to figure out how to answer her? I mean, I did answer her by saying, well, I can take it back if you want. Um, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but what, yeah. do, you, do you ever tell her that her comments are hurtful? Uh, have you ever said to her, you know, I, I'm sure you don't mean to be, but there's just something about the way you said that or the, the words you used that just really hurt my feelings. Have, have you ever been that direct with I, her? No, and that's what I'm asking about. Should I just be more direct with her? Yeah, I think that's where you want to start. Normally, you know, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Normally, normally, I'll just say, yeah, normally, I, when she does throw out comments like that, I'll just say, I wish only the best for you, and um, that's about all I'll say. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, generally speaking, again, it, it, people don't often necessarily know how they come across, and especially somebody that you're describing. It sounds like she's pushed a lot of people out of her life and that she's kind of a prickly person. So, like you said, she doesn't have a lot of friends. She doesn't have any family. She's not married. She, she's on her own. And I also have the feeling from the way that she sent that comment to you, just that one example, that she thinks her approach is humorous. That, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, oh, I want to say that, but I can't even figure this out. It's a, it's a bit of a, a wild way to do it, but I think she thinks she's being funny. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, agree. I think that it's okay when somebody who thinks they're being humorous but is actually kind of caustic to be able to say, hey, you know, I, I want to answer your question, but the way you're saying that is hurting my feelings. And that is a very important phrase. Because if we say that's rude or you seem caustic, then we get into this argumentative kind of. But when we just don't, hey, you're, the way you're putting that is hurting my feelings. Well, and the other part of that though is you want to start by giving somebody some room to save face uh, and and give you know at least the appearance of giving them the benefit of the doubt by 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 not assuming they were trying to be offensive, right? That so is you're important. so you're saying, hey, listen, you know. I'm sure you didn't mean to, or I'm sure you were just trying to be humorous, um, but that hurt my feelings, right? So, so, so you're 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 not saying you know you hurt my feelings, you're a bad person, you know, you're, or any of the other things Lisa was just saying. It's it's look, I, I'm sure you didn't mean to, but there's something about the way you said that 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 really kind of hurt my feelings, and then giving them the chance to really uh, respond to that, either to clarify and say no, all I meant was you know I I you know. I appreciated what you did, but I didn't understand what the gift was or how to use it, and I was just trying to be funny about it. Or, you know, whatever. They can clarify or they can apologize. But but unless we hold up that mirror um, and uh, you know, charitably and give them a chance to respond, then they don't necessarily know how they're coming across. The other thing that I would really encourage for your well-being, Mary, is to give yourself a pause before you respond to her and sort out the question or 
the advice or whatever it is that she thinks she's giving from the tone. So, you know, you, I think, were so hurt by her, her, the way she made that comment. I don't even know what it is. That you said, well, I can take it back. Yeah. But what she had actually said, according to how you presented it here on the show, is I don't know what it is. If you give yourself a pause and just look at the meaning of her comment and not the way it's presented, you could have said, you know, LOL, it's a fill in the blank of what it is without any more information, without an apology, without it, I can return it. Just it's this and then wait for her to either say thank you or hey that doesn't work for my life can i have you know the return slip or whatever that is but i think that she just surprises you with the yeah. way she presents that that you get shocked into being apologetic or twisting yourself up into a pretzel in some way to somehow appease the causticness of the way she presents herself if you can give yourself a pause mm-hmm. and just say what is it that what's the fact in this that I need to address. But if she keeps this up, there's nothing wrong with saying, I know you probably don't mean anything by it, but the way you said that hurt my feelings. We do talk, see what she does with I'm it. I'm so sorry. We, we do talk more about that kind of thing in our book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's a book all about setting healthy boundaries that actually enable the relationship to grow stronger uh, instead of just cutting people off. So check it out if you'd like more support on dealing with this or any other issue with those difficult people in your life. That's God help me. These people are driving me nuts, making peace with difficult people. We're taking your calls right now on our show titled Poison Apples, where we're discussing toxic relationships and dealing with difficult people. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Tony, who's listening to Eda. Oh, we just yeah, dropped. No, he just dropped. Well, let's so. take a quick break here. We're going to, do, as we head out, it's uh, time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. You know, and again, um, you know, reminding us that we have a right to set boundaries. Now, that doesn't mean cutting people off. It means setting up those conditions that allow a relationship to be healthier should that other person choose to walk through, as Jacob was talking about earlier, that narrow gate that we've set up. And I think that when we read Bad Company Ruins Good Morals, we're thinking, stay away from people who are likely to lead us into grave sin. You know, we get sort of a you know, a Dickensian view of like Oliver Twist in the backstreet alley. Leave, you know, stay away from that kind of person. But no, we can have good morals about things like I want to be a charitable person. I want to be a peaceful person. I want to be in harmony with you. We can have those ideals. And then there are people who can just by virtue of the way they're presenting themselves, as, as Mary was just talking about with, with her coworker, who can just cause us to sink below our ideals of who we want to be on a consistent basis. So we, you know, we think about them, we see them coming, we have that holiday with them, and suddenly we're beating up on ourselves for having fallen into or taking the bait from the way that person has behaved around us and, dare I use the word, triggered us in some way to be less than our best selves. 
when we can step back from that, we can say, hey, who do I, what do I need to do? What are those boundaries I need to put in place to be my best self, even with this person? Let's help you figure those boundaries out today, or if they even really need to be there, give us a call. 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Are you dealing with a difficult person? Uh, are you in a relationship with somebody that you think might be toxic? Let's talk it out. 877-573-7825. Call up and share. Do you have somebody in your life who maybe takes advantage of you? makes everything about them, doesn't respect your boundaries, makes unreasonable demands, or makes you feel like you can't do anything right. Maybe they withhold praise as a way of manipulating you into doing something they want, or they undermine your attempts to make positive changes in your life, or positive changes in the relationship, or they just consistently bring out the worst in you. All of those things could be signs of a toxic relationship, and we want to help you find the next steps toward healing. Give us a call. That's 877-573. 7825-877-573-7825. If you're listening to the More to Life podcast, you can also send us your questions via email. And that address is questions at more2liferadio.com. That's with the number two, questions at more2liferadio.com. We'll be back with more of your questions in just a minute. Stick around. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. What does the Ninth Commandment forbid? The Catholic Catechism says the Ninth Commandment warns against carnal concupiscence, sins against the flesh. What is concupiscence? It is the consequence of original sin. Though baptism purifies the soul of all sin, it does not remove our tendency toward sin. In this rebellion of the flesh against the spirit, as defined by St. Paul, we must develop purity of heart the desire always to do the will of God, especially in the area of charity and chastity. Purity requires modesty. Modesty protects the intimate center of a person. It refuses to unveil what should be hidden. Modesty guides how you look at others and behave toward them. It should dictate one's choice of clothing so as not to exploit or tempt another. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. I want you to have such confidence in the Lord that you'll find such hope and see the beauty of the Lord, the majesty of God. What did our Lord say, huh? If your sins are as scarlet, oh, what? What's going to happen? They shall be made white as snow. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. 
Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Poison Apples, as we talk about those relationships that we might find somewhat toxic. The people who are difficult to deal with, who tend to bring out the worst in us, who resist those those attempts on our part to make the relationship healthier or set boundaries. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let us help you find the next steps toward healing and more peace. Again, the number 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Martha, who's listening to EWTN Radio in California on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Martha. Welcome to More to Life. What's up? Well, um, I was listening to all the descriptions that you had of a toxic person in a toxic relationship. It sounds exactly like my relationship to myself. So how do I... Interesting. Well, so, so are you saying that all of the, you know, the, the degrading kinds of things, things like that, are what you're saying to yourself in your head? Yes. Yes. How insightful. So, well, and that is possible to have a toxic relationship with ourselves. And, sure and, is. You know, uh, when we work with this in our pastoral counseling practice, um, we really lean heavily on the work of St. Ignatius of Loyola, who talks about what he called desolations. And desolations are those movements of the spirit, to use his language. Um, they could be thoughts. They could be feelings, impulses. Um, desires that either pull us away from God or make it hard for us to be the person God is calling us to be, right? And so, you know, sometimes, you know, the enemy, because, you know, well, because he's spirit, doesn't have a body. He doesn't have his own voice. So he uses other people's voices. And he can even use our voice. And so what you hear in your in your spiritual ear are these words, you know, Martha, you're a terrible person, or you're never going to amount to anything, or nobody's going to love you, or whatever those thoughts are, are right? And, and th- we think that, oh, that's, that's me. And so because I'm saying those things to myself, they must be true. But, you know, Corinthians tells us that we have to test these thoughts. We have to hold these thoughts captive in obedience to Christ and, and, and come against those arguments that are not from God. And so any thought that you hear in your head that makes it more difficult for you to be the whole healed godly grace-filled person that god created you to be would be what saint ignatius calls a desolation it's it's a temptation um, not not something that you have to accept as truth and so you either learn to ignore them or you learn to fight back against them with those consolations of the holy spirit and a consolation is a message from the holy spirit that that helps you come against those desolations those untruths uh, or helps you be more of the person god is creating you to be or draw closer to the lord and so it's it's very important that we stay on top of those desolations and really challenge them and remind ourselves of what the truth is about um, wh- what God sees when he looks at us. Now, you know, that, that gets into a whole other thing. Well, well, well does, does, you know, does, does God, you know, does, does God think that I'm a, a miserable worm? <laughs> you know? Well, no. I mean, he, he, what, what does the scripture say? He loves us. He, he sent his son to die for us. He created us in him, his image and likeness, and he wants to live with us forever in heaven. He really loves us, and he has done 
everything, including becoming incarnate, suffering and dying for us, not because we're miserable and horrible and, you know, we spiritually smell disgusting. No, because he knows who we are, who we were created to be, and that because of the fall, we all struggle with all of this. But I want to be very clear as we go on talking about the consolations that can can negate these desolations, that when we start talking about St. Ignatius and the fact that this can be, you know, or is sort of the voice of Satan, this is not scary, awful, you know, movies needing an exorcism. Don't let don't let those thoughts take you over. This is what we all deal with every single day, where we are all yearning to be more perfected in Christ, to be more like him, to have his love in our hearts, to know our dignity. And Satan wants to go, no, 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 no. And you, I, I got to stop that. I can't let you be that close to God. That That's not okay. We all deal with that every day in the form of negative thoughts about ourselves in the form of anxious thoughts, depressive thoughts, thinking we're not good enough or things won't work out. We all have to deal with this day in and day out. And St. Ignatius made this so much easier to deal with when he said, look, we're all going to deal with desolations, but there are consolations from the Holy Spirit that we need to invite into our hearts and minds and lives so that we can come against those. Yeah, we have all authority and all permission to come against those from so God. A con- an example of a consolation, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing as just saying positive things to yourself. You know, it's not the same thing as looking in the mirror and saying, gosh darn it, I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and, and people like me. It's, it's, about, it's about having a um, proactive mindset, you know, a mindset that says, okay, yes, you know, I, I struggle in this area. Um, but with God's grace, there's something small today I could do about that. There's a there's a small step I could take to work to improve on that, right? A desolation would be, oh, because you have that 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 struggle, you're a terrible person, and nothing, and you're never going to be able to amount to anything, right? You see the difference, you know. One one recognizes my limitations, but gives them to God and says, Lord, make something of this, where the other one recognizes my limitations and uses it as an excuse for staying miserable. So a consolation recognizes the truth about you know my struggles and my weaknesses and my failings, but it, it enables me to look at all those things in a hopeful and growth-oriented way, whereas desolations just run me down and make me stay stuck in that. So Martha, I would suggest that, um, actually, there are a couple of resources I want to turn you on to. Uh, first, uh, our book, Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety. We talk a lot about how desolations cause anxiety, but you can apply those same principles to you know all the other things that you're talking about here. Um, and, and so that, that would really kind of give you a, a basic education in the idea of consolations and desolations. Again, that book is Unworried, A Life Without Anxiety. Uh, any books by Father Timothy Gallagher uh, really talk a lot about St. Ignatius of Loyola's uh, discernment of spirits and, and rules of spiritual discernment. Uh, I would encourage you to check those titles out. But if you'd like more personalized support in exercising, if you will, those 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 desolations, those those negative voices that come at you from the enemy and, and run you down and make you feel like you're the toxic person in your own life, I'd invite you to work with one of our pastoral counselors at CatholicCounselors.com to learn graceful ways to respond to those negative messages and really come against those desolations that, that Satan is using to tear you down and, and stop you from being able to accept that you are a beautiful and beloved daughter of God. So if you'd like to learn more about our work, you can come on over to Catholic Counselors.
com. And Martha, I just have I have great hopes for for you and for your future in this because that's an incredibly insightful thing to do, to be able to say. I think that I'm doing this to myself. And yes, we can think of those things in terms of, well, this person put this thought in my mind or that person thought, put that thought in my mind. But when we realize they're in our mind and we're, we're just using that again over and over in our heads, then we can say, no matter how they got there, the Holy Spirit's going to help me find consolation in this and work against it to help me be a healthier, holier person. And again, learn more at CatholicCounselors.com. You know, we got a question from Jake, who's in Missouri listening to More to Life on Covenant Catholic Radio. He says he he's, feels like he's doing all the work in a 15-year-old friendship. Is there a point that he should cut off a relationship? And Jake, I guess I would say, um, you know, in this case, it's not a matter of cutting it off. It's a matter of... Um, you know, praying about how important maintaining the relationship is to you. Now, as you want, you pray about that, you also want to do one thing, which is really find out if your friend's going through something. You know, sometimes people can go through a lag in their life where they're carrying enough of a burden where they don't feel like they have the energy to keep up a friendship. And that's when friends who are willing to be persistent and caring really, really matter. But if he's just being flippant about it, if he's, his whole life is going great as far as you know, I'd still check in and ask him and see, you know, what it is. But Well, yeah, the, so the know. next step is just reaching out to this person and saying, hey, you know, I, I, I really value our friendship and I'd love to see him more often or I'd love to be in touch more often. Um, you know, is there something going on? Because I feel like, you know, you're not really reaching back out the way I would, I would like you to. And I'm concerned for you. And I'm concerned about you, right? It's not, it's not make it about you. You know, make it about right. them and your concern for them. Um, the other thing I would say is when you are in contact with them, a good habit is scheduling your next meeting. You know, we, we, this is huge. You know, we, we have friends that, you know, we, we saw and then we like didn't see them for four or five years because just our schedules didn't you work just out. Get by the end of the day, it's like, you know, 10 o'clock. You can't call them to schedule something. You're thinking about them, but it just never happens because so everybody lives a busy life. We got in the habit at the end of a meeting with them or anybody else that we are friends with to say, hey, grab your calendar out and let's, let's figure out when we could get together the next time. And, you know, sometimes it ends up getting canceled or pushed out or whatever, but, but we, usually we never, it doesn't. Yeah. Because we've put, we've put it on the calendar long enough in advance where people have looked at it, and then they build around that. So it's a really good habit to get into. Uh, so I would suggest that any time you have contact with this person, say, hey, when, when would be good for a next call? Or when would, be, when would be good for the next, you know, lunch out? Or whatever it is. And, if, and don't let it be, oh, in about a week. Or, you know, call me in a couple of weeks. Put the date on both of your calendars on your phone or in your planner or whatever that is so you both know when it's going to happen um you know but but finally you know with with a friendship like this i mean i mean i have friends that i've i've been friends with since seventh grade right but i see them once every couple of years and we pick up where we left off and you know and that's a good thing so i mean i you know and there's no reason to cut this person out of your life unless they're actually being toxic and offensive to you on some you know running you down being mean to you undermining you in some way if this is just a matter of kind of benign neglect you know reach out when you would like to be around them and don't take it so personally um and, and remember uh, to check in yeah, hey you doing concerned. okay all right jake thanks so much for the call and that's all the time we've got for today's program. If you'd like to learn more about dealing with those toxic relationships or difficult people in your life, check out our book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. Or 
reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life in the light of God's grace. That's catholiccounselors.com. And remember, folks, get out there and celebrate the life that God has for you because you know what? With God's grace, there really is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you have a blessed, blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.